0: This week on the Ocean Cruises podcast, I'm having a chat with Erica and Warren from the YouTube sailing channel We Sail. They've been cruising full time for three years now, and they're currently sailing a new to them boat, which is a Fontaine Peugeot Helia 44 catamaran. Erica and Warren both come from the states, and they previously worked in the aviation and hospitality sector before they decided to start cruising. In their first boat, they cruised the Caribbean, Bahamas, Central America. They went through the Panama Canal to the Sea of Cortez before they upgraded to their new boat. They've now sailed to French Polynesia where they're exploring most of the seabed, they love diving and snorkeling, they're immersing themselves in local culture and they're making plans on where to sail next year. If you want to follow their journey check them out on YouTube do a search for We Sail. If you want to support the podcast you can check out our Patreon page otherwise you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The interviews all go on YouTube and you can download the audio on the usual podcast platforms. Enjoy the chat. When did you start sailing? Uh,
1: We started sailing, it'll be five years in November actually. So I think 2018 is when we fully moved aboard after leaving our life on land. And uh, yeah, we've just haven't really turned back since.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, clearly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What we what, what, did you do? Like sailing lessons, or we like brought up oh, on the water?
1: Oh, not at all. No, no. no. I mean, we both come from a uh, landlocked state in Colorado, up in the mountains. So we're we're oh, mountain yeah. children.
2: We had seen a sailboat before once or twice. <laughs> I mean, we knew what they heard about like. them. We heard, heard about, about them. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing that helped um, is that I was a pilot. And so I had basic understanding of aerodynamics, which is very close to hydrodynamics anyways. And as I'm sure plenty of your viewers know, you know, a sailboat is a wing that's just placed vertically. Um, So that's the basics behind sailing. And if you can wrap your head around that, then you can, you know, you can do it. And then also, um, you know, we both had done a lot of stuff in our lives that we had learned how to do, you know, for me, for instance, I learned how to build homes, whereas I had no idea in the beginning and I learned how to fly a plane when I had no idea in the beginning. So the, the point, to what I'm saying is that, you know, you, anybody can can do this and the key is just to bite off chunks you don't have to take sailing lessons that's a great way to do it i'm not advocating not taking sailing lessons but it worked really well for us yeah um to the youtube academy is amazing so we got a lot of uh knowledge that way and then the hands-on the caribbean was a good place to start because it was very manageable with um, chunks that we could bite off and chew, Um, day sales between islands. We had the support of the cruising community there, which was huge. So no, we, we had no experience prior to buying our boat. Um, we just took it very slow,
1: daunting, no doubt. Um, it wasn't anything that we didn't think we could tackle.
2: I don't think we were ever unsafe or, um,
1: Oh, maybe i thought so a few times
2: but <laughs> we certainly weren't being reckless you know we yeah. weren't just jumping out and trying to cross oceans we took it very slow we stayed in our first island which was granada for almost two months doing sails every day just out and back just, and yeah. getting getting used to that muscle memory
0: yeah 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 good i think you know as, lo- as long as you understand well you will because you're a pilot so you'll understand the weather a lot uh, yes. so as long as you understand the weather and you take that into account there's not much you yes. can do other than a sail into a ginormous rock that's going to cause you a lot of harm. <laughs> um, yeah. You just have to, just don't go out if there's like, you know, incredible winds or a hurricane or something like that. So right. do, were you, you were actually a pilot. Was that your job or was that a hobby?
2: It was started as a hobby. And then um, in my twenties, I actually figured that I could do it as a career. And I grew up in an aviation household. My dad was a pilot, private pilot um, for fun. And so I had always been around it and I did end up thinking that I was going to do it. I went to college for it and 9-11 happened my second year of college and Mm -hmm. it it changed the whole industry for quite a long time, actually. And so I ended up thinking I was going to take a year off and um, I ended up going a different direction with my life and ended up being a contractor and building homes, um, which also gave me a lot of... um, experience for moving on a boat as you well know yeah yeah. a lot of work so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah yeah what about you Erica what did you do
1: um I was a bit I you know floated around but mostly yeah I was a vagabond for sure um my my work history has a lot to do with just hospitality. I um, worked yeah. in restaurants and hotels and I worked in a chalet in the Swiss Alps. So, um, which allowed oh, well. me to travel. And that was kind of like my deeply rooted passion is just to travel. So um, I really enjoyed that. But just before moving onto the boat, um, I always think it's kind of a funny story to look back on because when Warren and I made the like decision we wanted to sail and buy a boat, um, at the very same time, I had actually just gotten a job offer and it was, you know, a desk job, a career it was different from it was a big hospitality deal. and it was, kind of, it was a big deal for me. It was a and uh, then, you know, Warren sprung on it saying, well, let's just buy a boat and travel the world. So I was game for both. <laughs> and uh, and I was, I'm glad that we, you know, made the move because, you know, city life, desk job, just not really my style. <laughs>
0: This is a much better
1: office.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah much nicer. Like yeah. So, right. at what point did you did you guys decide that you actually wanted to do this? Like, was was there a light bulb moment, or is it something that you thought about for a long um, time? Because neither of you grew up sailing. Um, no, so I think When, it, for when did Warren, that become it was, a thing? I, I, um,
1: long term goal yeah. Warren's, but it just happened to be like you know the setting too we were in mexico on a beach drinking margaritas and like whew, why not Let's
2: <laughs> well for me it started um i was, i learned to surf when i was in college in santa cruz california and i never got that into it until i took a trip to mexico later in my 20s and the surf was wonderful the war- water was warm there wasn't any territorial guy waiting to punch me in the face and we went out with a guy uh, Expat, so an American who was living in Mexico on his sailboat, taking people out on uh, sunset cruises or going out to an isolated surf break or whale watching in the falls. So he was down there taking people out just a couple days a week on his own sailboat, sailboat, and he was living like that. And that's that was my aha moment. And I remember going home after that trip, and I actually started researching. Um, sailboats and of course every single one that i had ever looked at was a monohull and sorry that's okay so i had a friend who said you know what if you're going to travel the world you need to do it on a catamaran and the only catamaran i'd ever had in my head was the ones that are racing catamarans they have they're made of pure net and there wasn't any so I, it was a big eye opener to me when he said you know catamaran i started researching catamarans and saw this great expanse of living. Um, so I think that's how it started for me. And then Mexico with Erica. Sure. yeah. And Marguerite is in Mexico.
1: Marguerite is in Mexico. And just, yes, I was, I'm almost up for adventure really. <laughs> and I think that's half the challenge for so many people who want to like go for this dream. There's always one partner who's like full on about it. And the other one's hesitant and it's about convincing the other, whether or not this is the lifestyle to yeah. go for. So um, yeah, you Pretty lucky that both of us were motivated or um, eager to find out what it was like.
0: Yeah, you know, like one of the best advantage, maybe not one of the best, one of the big advantages of catamarans is like if if you're not somebody who's spent a life on the water or you've been sailing since you were a kid or whatever, so they're easy way to transition to live that type of lifestyle because it doesn't really feel like you're living on a boat. In terms of like a normal monohull where, you know, you go down the little steps and then you're kind of under the water yeah. in a lot of places where you're standing. Yeah. Um, a catamaran is kind of like a ginormous apartment um, yes. and you're <laughs> figuring out how to make them sail. And you're right. not sacrificing space, like, at no. all. Like, if you lived yeah. in London or, like, New York <laughs> or a big city, you're getting We're way more down space. Down. You <laughs> might step up into yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. No, oh yeah, that was for kind sure. Of like yeah, yeah. The
1: main thing when we when we started talking about it and wanted to live, you know, I, I had it in my head that it had to be a catamaran. You know, I wasn't quite on board with living my life at a forty five degree angle, really. And mm. you know, it is it is about comfort and the longevity of this lifestyle that we've chosen. I want to be comfortable, and yet, you know, have the option, which is fantastic. At times, like we're certainly slower. Oh, yeah. And conditions cannot be as forgiving on a cat than they are on a they monohull. They certainly
2: don't sail quite as well. And especially if you're hunting into the wind, yeah. you know, head up into the wind. Yeah. Um, and there is that classic beauty of the monohull. I think um, I actually look forward to owning a ma- monohull someday in life um, when maybe we aren't trying to circumnavigate it. We probably will end up with a monohull versus a cat. I think I fantasize a little bit about the, the classic beauty and um mm-hmm. yeah you know her lines
1: yeah and the yeah. other thing too is like that we discovered later on um is you spend probably 80 90 percent of your time at anchor yeah and yep. the sailing is the other you know portion Only of 10, that 20 percent so yeah yeah that, it's super yeah definitely at anchor <laughs> yep
0: yeah i mean that's the main advantage of for sure like if you know if everyone else is rolling around you you are still moving but it's not quite the mm-hmm. same you're not going to get thrown right. out of a bed as you would...
2: exactly
0: yeah. exactly yeah you're not going to get thrown out of bed as much as you will do for sure um, <laughs> no. it's just a com- it's a compromise isn't it like i think yeah, people who choose catarans because it's a bigger living space i'm like well yep. yeah that's absolutely the right reason to choose them it's like if you yeah. think of how many people actually buy boats, and then how many people actually cross oceans, and how often it's hardly worth buying one to cross oceans on. Um, because yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you do, you know, some people just do constant circuits. Uh, some people do a lot True. of miles. If that's the case, get a boat that sails really well. Um, but if not, it's like yeah, it's something that you live on, and if you can move it yeah. as well, and it and it does sail, then that's like an advantage. So what I feel what like made you pick?
1: shell? <laughs>
0: <You're just> like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what so what what made you pick a um an fp rather than like any of the other any of the i mean i think it's probably the best the best one out of the bunch to be honest but thank like, you what, <laughs> thank you so what do we made you think read,
1: that? um you know i think it was our chartering that we did in croatia we ended up charting a fontaine pajot and what? instantaneously like you step on board and it looks beautiful it's hmm aesthetically feels like a home and if that was the choice that we were going for like we want to be able to sail but also I want to be able to like feel comfortable at home and
2: before that though we stepped we we went to the uh, Florida boat show the Miami boat show so we we came up with this idea New Year's in Mexico drinking margaritas and by (laughs) the spring we were starting to attend boat shows and look at boats and we were ste- so we stepped on, I think, probably all of them at the boat show over that long weekend. And the, the FPs, um, they they first of all, they were the most attractive to us looking, which should matter if you should be attracted to your boat. You should like the way your boat looks. oh yeah um, Then second, the layout, um, the finishes, the layout. I like the quality. Um there's plenty of other boats that are really good quality too, but she met, a bo- she ticked a lot of boxes for us and it was the boat show that really got us started on FP. Then, like Erica said, we chartered one in Cro- Croatia for 10 days and that's when it sealed the deal. The door was shut on all the rest of them and we loved them.
1: But also I think too, um, the size of the FP that we ended up going for made it very approachable and less scary to take on because obviously we didn't have much sailing background, but the Helms uh, station, basically you can do everything. You can reef from there. You can you don't yeah. have to leave to go to the mast to do any sort of briefing. And so as far as the safety goes, one person can manage this boat, no problem.
2: That is absolutely a very good point that I really should start mentioning more because it does matter to us. Um, and in case any of the viewers don't understand, a lot of the other cats have some of the control lines, some like the halyards, um, at the mast. So when you go to raise yeah. or lower the sails, you actually have to leave the helm station, mm-hmm. which is a little cocoon of safety, and and go to the mast to do any sort of sail changes. Which in a beautiful day might matter none, but. Um, in a crazy storm that snuck up on you and you have to reef the sail and bring it down, it might matter a lot. So having everything kind of organized and run back to the helm was a big deal to us. Um, It seemed like the boat had really been simplified a bit and things thought out pretty well um, so that it could be single-handedly sailed. Uh, And so that was one of the main things and probably should be the first thing I started mentioning.
0: (laughs) I think it's one of the most important things. Like and you know like we've um we were looking we were looking at a catamaran it's a garcia x explore cat explore cat i can't remember it's the uh it's the aluminium you know one point something million dollar thing that that they make very nice like really pretty probably quite strong like definitely it's it's probably the best catamaran on the market for sailing a little bit further north and south than anything else that's available now um, but the um, the lines were at the complete opposite end of the boat, and yeah. and it's like a six. What no? What is it? I think it's like an eight meter distance oh. between like the winches wow. for the sheets on I mean, it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So when I wow. looked at it, I was like, "Do you really have to leave that helm to go all the way over there yeah. to grab the sheet if you want to tack?" I was like, "Yeah, no, that's not good." At least when that's you're on a, a monohull, you've got you know you can hold right. On everything right there both sides. Yeah. yeah and if you're on if you're on a decent cat you know the, it'll just be led you know back mm-hmm. to your helm, whichever way it goes um mm-hmm. so yeah really important but again it's like are they making them for sailing Bodies. or are they making them for living on <laughs> you yeah. Know, you need, yeah, yeah, yeah you need one that's the balance yeah. right
1: and i mean on the other hand too you know catamarans typically are made for for chartering most of these big brand companies lagoon fontaine um leopard leopard you know They are mass production sailboat cats, and they're aimed at the the charter companies. And so, we laugh every time we see a catamaran in perfect conditions with no sails up. They're just motoring from one spot to the next.
0: Oh yeah, what is the (laughs) point? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, in the meds, you get you get a lot. There's there's a few countries in Europe where like to get a boat license, you basically need to know nothing about boating. In Spain, you actually don't have to sail to get a license to sail. To sail. It's, yeah, it's theory. You, you it's spend, I think, like 20 or 30 minutes on a boat, but you don't even have to take the helm. Um, wow. And they, yeah, like they get you to understand the mathematics behind like propeller pitch angles and stuff. What? So you know all that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Like it's it's really, really weird. I was having a conversation with like a, a Spanish guy a couple of years ago and he was like, Yeah, the RIA, which is like the Yolly Rotting Association in in England. He was like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's just it's just so inferior compared to the Spanish license. I was like, Are you joking, mate? Like you don't <laughs> even they don't teach you how to actually sail. Like, what are you talking about? So uh, oh yeah, but there's so many times where like, I've been sailing along downwind and I literally see like a charter boat. Sailing uh, downwind at the side and we've no sails out, just the engine on. Yeah. I'm like, mate, just let the jib out. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, so, that's all you got to do. You know? It's
2: one sail, yeah. easiest it's just the easiest yeah. sail
0: to launch. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it crazy. It's very strange. <laughs> so, what what was the buying process for your boat? Did you get it from? Was it a new one from FP, or did you get one on no. the used market? How did it go? No, it was used.
1: One one yeah. owner previously owned. It was um,
2: four years old when we yeah. bought it. And they had bought it new from La Rochelle, France, which is where they yeah. manufacture them. Sailed it around the Med for two years and then crossed the Atlantic themselves and spent another two, year, two years in the Caribbean and and figured it was yeah. probably they were Australian. It was time to go home. Their kids were having kids, so they were becoming grandparents. And,
1: but they worked out all the kinks. So that was kind of that's, like what nice it was. Thing.
2: They ironed the boat out for us and got it in ship shape. And uh, so we bought a great boat, four or five years wow. old and uh, all the iron. All the things have been ironed out, so yeah,
1: yeah. The buying process was interesting because we just, you know, we're used to like the real estate market, and we weren't quite sure if that, you know, was the same thing within the Where boat you buying have market,
2: a, a, an agent,
1: uh, a broker, and a all broker, that. Yeah. So, um, a, and that's a lot of the reason why, like, we went to the boat shows to kind of get an idea of how this whole boat yeah. buying process is. And you know, we got involved with brokers, we end up finding out. They're sharks, and Mm -hmm. so we kind of just did it on our own, which was great. But yeah, you know, it was more about the relationship with the people who we bought it from that made it so much easier. You know, and so because it's like you live on this; it's your home, and so like selling a home anywhere on land, it's it's a part of you, and so whoever they sell to, or whoever they buy from, you want to have sincere feelings about it. And I feel like that was the main thing about when we bought this boat is we, we had such a good um, vibe from them and they as uh, with us to continue on the journey. And uh, yeah. It
2: didn't always go smoothly, no. um, but uh, it was our relationship with the owners that um, really salvaged the whole deal because we, we the first boat, boat we looked at was in Montenegro in the Med. And it just wasn't the one for us. And we backed out of that. And also remember at the time, it was um, just after Hurricane Irma. Mm-hmm. So the inventory of boats that were available worldwide, really, but especially in our neck of the woods in the, in the Americas were quite low. So we hadn't seen a lot of these boats hit the market. So <clears throat> uh, we let that boat in Montenegro go. And about the same time, the boat that we ended up buying was in the Caribbean. It hit the market and it was above our
1: price range range. but we
2: stayed in touch with the um uh the agent for several weeks maybe even a month until he contacted me and asked if maybe we could go up a little bit in budget that he could bring the owners down quite a bit and we we ended up making it work um but our we we had enlisted from the miami boat show we had met um uh, a a broker an agent and they almost
1: I mean, they almost lost they the almost deal lost for the us. the deal
2: for us because they are sharks, and they actually ended up contacting the owners directly and trying to we trying to weasel themselves into the buying and selling um, agent and kicking out the original listing broker. And he went bananas and called us And it. yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and rightfully so. And it was that day we ended up calling up our agent. We ended up calling out our agent and and firing him because of what he tried to do. So he lost out on everything um, because he tried to get, you know, double the commission. Uh, And we ended up having a conversation with the uh, owners, finally getting them on the phone, which is a little bit...
1: um, It just made everything easier to talk to them. Yeah. And um, And, kind of remove the middleman and just be like, here's who we are. Here's our story. This is what our dream is. And get to know them. And it just... It, it, it worked. It saved the deal, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if you've got if you've got more people than necessary in any situation, it makes it more complicated. Yes. It rarely makes too many irons easier. in the fire. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've I've lost out on uh houses, and I've lost out on selling houses because of agents trying to play bullshit. Um, it drives you
2: nuts, man. Mm-hmm. It's enough. yeah, it like they're nuts. trying.
0: They try. You know, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to get you the best deal," and then they say to like. The buyer or the seller, I'm going to get you the best deal, and they're just trying yeah. to drive the prices up. That's all the tra- yeah. that's all they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've I've like had some very nasty exchanges with like real estate <laughs> agents in, in my time, uh, and brokers yeah, as well. Actually, I've got I've got oh, the situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean now that got a bit. I've, I've ended up paying ten grand more because they've because uh, they messed about a bit. But <sighs> yeah, never yeah. never mind. So they kind of just uh, strong
1: arm you into something that you're like, mm, I'm not quite sure about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know we've we've there's a website in the UK I think it's called Purple Brick. I don't know. I've never used it. I'm lived there in a while, but it's uh, what they it's a, basically a website, and I think you you just like pay I don't know hundred dollars two hundred dollars whatever to just list your property on there, and the the intention of the website is to cut out uh, we we call them. Um, what do we call them? Estate yeah, okay. agents. You call them real okay. estate oh, okay. brokers. Real estate yeah, yeah, broker, Yeah, yeah, really. So we 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 call them estate agents. Uh, so yeah, the idea is just cut those people out. And thousands of people sell the house on Purple Brick. They just go on, oh, yeah. just pay two hundred dollars, get it listed. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with an agent. The website populates contracts, inventory lists, mm-hmm. like absolutely everything. And it just cuts yeah. out, you know, the person that's going to end up with like in the states real estate is crazy some of those people are taking like four uh, percent I'm like, next, what on earth are you doing yeah. six six,
1: six. In, some six. in some places
0: isn't that ridiculous yeah. it's it's wild
1: it is crazy um, there's a similar you know thing the, that goes the, the most states, stupid like thing talking.
0: about that industry is like they they i don't know if they like it but there is like a lot of reality shows now about like real estate agents they are fucking horrible people like no offense oh, if yeah. you're listening and you're a really nice real estate agent <laughs> definitely a minority right but yeah, they, they are horrible <laughs> like yes. like these reality shows are—they're terrible doesn't do them any favors and like no. it shows you the back backdoor conversations you're, oh we need to like get the commission rates up to like six percent and stuff and it's like yes oh man you people are horrible yeah and, you know, i was honestly, watching I one that was saying like the hamptons as well they're terrible Yo, you think oh, you think that might be worse? I
2: do. They're less. I they're, do. They're yeah. unhinged. There's less yeah. of a um, you know, people for them to have to report to, less overseeing
1: of, yeah. of mm. their
2: actions. Um, you know, it this this guy essentially uh, broke the law or the or the. Uh, moral code i guess of boat brokers by doing what he did but he, there was no recourse there was no one to oversee or yeah. to even catch him i mean we would have had to go to you know some commission and report him and then they would have had to elect to do an investigation or it was something. almost
1: as if you know like when we came to the boat show we were just like puppy dog eyes we were like so new and yeah they saw that they saw they're like ooh, all right yeah new people yeah how uh. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, it's yeah. funny i've i've like got an auto not not necessarily for everyone who's in sales but i'm a salesman myself so i can smell the bullshit like immediately <laughs> so yeah like if i went to a boat show they tried right. to say any of that stuff or like that yeah oh, i not yeah. make any friends but right. yeah so you must have paid like quite a premium for it because i can't mm. imagine there's that many um owners actually bought that boat because the because the charter market buys so many of them, you were really lucky to get one that was actually privately owned.
1: Yeah, it we was really lucky. So, Again, so like lucky. because of the hurricane situation that hit the Caribbean at the time, like it basically wiped out the, the inventory. So mm. we felt like our our moment of that we were ready to pull the trigger to buy the boat, it was just taken away in a sense that there wasn't anything out there for us. And so when something did come up, it was just like, we got to jump on it. And even then um, it was like, it's crazy. You, you see a boat on, you know, yachting world or something like that. And you call up the next day and it's already under contract. You're like, how so quickly, you know, so Uh you got to, jump on them and that's what we essentially tried to do and and, and jump on a deal.
2: And ours was complicated because um for those of you don't know, you can get a couple different configurations with the cats where um the charter versions are built uh with two rooms
0: onto each each hole. hole,
2: So you have a four four cabin version, um, which is the prime primarily what they manufacture because most of them are going to charter. Um, They make an owner's version, which is what we were going for, which is probably one, the most
1: desirable, to it's definitely for. the
2: most desirable and the least amount of inventory out there. Um, where one whole hall is the owner's side and it's yeah. much more spacious, you have know, way more uh um, closet space, and the bathroom's bigger, and, Livability and then overall. two guest halls on the other side. So, so we our selection of caps was cut down even further by that fact so we were very lucky to get yeah. this boat and again it was outside of our price range but the owners for whatever reason it stayed on the market for three or four weeks without yeah. much uh, movement. and we ended up getting it we paid it was listed for 340 and we we spent 310 on it so they it, it actually came down quite a bit um, but i think Yeah, they were very interested in, um, very motivated to sell it to an owner that was going to kind of carry the torch a bit, so to speak, and not let it go into charter. Um, because even own, a lot of owners that do buy boats, even if they, they want it for themselves, very often they'll put it in charter for a portion of the year right. or maybe the first couple of years, right. and then they'll move on to the boat. So they were a little afraid of that happening to this boat. They absolutely loved, loved this boat, and um, as we did as well. And So they were looking for somebody that was going to move on to it pretty much permanently and immediately. And so we checked boxes for them as well. So I think possibly nice. that helped.
0: Mm-hmm. that you know it's that's re- really good when i sold my um when i sold a boat that i um i just sold i really probably didn't want to sell it i ended up talking to this guy uh he's like half spanish half english like on one of the owners association facebook groups and he was like mm-hmm. oh I'd, I'd really love to come and see it i was like okay like i, I was thinking oh maybe i would maybe i wouldn't I, I had a lot to do on the house so i thought at the timing might be worthwhile but then when he came and he brought his wife and his kids. like they were such a nice family. Like you ah. just had this adorable little kid who was the same age as my son, and I was like, Oh my god, I want them to have this boat. Like I really want yeah. them to buy this boat. So when he yeah. was like, What price do you want? I was like, mate, this is what it stands me out. You can have it like you know. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> just amazing.
1: Whereas Ugh. if
0: well, yeah, but if somebody turned up and they were an absolute arsehole, I would not have been interested in them selling in no. selling it to them. Like, so yeah, yeah I think happens. when you when yeah. you meet some because I put a lot of effort into it, as they probably did with that right. one. They got right. it for new, so yeah, you want to see it, you know, in the hands mm-hmm. of someone who actually appreciates it. Um, you develop a well, relationship so, with the boat. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Serious you really feelings. do. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, mean, I
1: feel like I'm just, you know, the other one, the other, yeah, woman. the other woman,
2: <laughs> and yeah. this woman gets more attention. Yeah
0: yeah you know i did a podcast with a couple earlier on and they literally said exactly the same thing they said when there's two people on a boat it is like you're in a constant threesome because there is a boat there and that is the third person really? <laughs> so i was like yeah makes... i don't know what yeah. they're doing to the boat but yeah no, yeah that. right <laughs> yeah it does, uh, it does makes
2: sense threesome
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's what they meant yeah an emotional one um no, but who knows? yeah they they've, they've got like a uh, really cool naiad um but uh yeah I mean you you spend so much time fixing them up because they break so much that you know you do develop like a bit of a love for them so when when you got yours was it was it ready for like offshore cruising did it have like solar Mm -hmm. panels water mate oh so it was just ready to go yeah well ready to go
2: it was amazing they had because they had lived on it full time. And I think initially they had a uh, plan on getting it all the way to Australia. Um, mm-hmm. They solar panels, good inverter, water maker, you know, extra sales. It was just, we stepped into such a gold mine there. Oh, totally. So, um, mm-hmm. We just continue to step into gold mines. We just, you know, we put out good vibes Yay. in the world yeah. and we, that's what we get back. And it's amazing um, how lucky we've gotten without, with our choices, but mm-hmm. this boat came fully stocked and ready to go. And of course it, there were things that went wrong um on any boat, but they were pretty slim and totally manageable. And yeah, the boat was set, ready to go. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so lucky. That's so rare lucky. as well. Like to find a relatively big catamaran. Uh, especially like within the last three years, because yeah. there's been a shortage of them. The hurricane thing did make a big difference. And then because of COVID, the manufacturers literally just were not delivering them. And yep, the prices right. like skyrocketed. It was crazy. Skyrocketed. I remember, yeah, it was nuts. I remember probably four years ago, I was looking at like entry level. No, a few years ago, I was looking at entry level cats. So I always just keep my eye on the cat market just to see like, you know, when we get out there, if my wife just hates being on a monohull, I'll be like, okay, forget it. We'll just buy a cat and you can be comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've always kept an eye on it i remember i was looking at like the entry-level lagoons because i did not want to spend that much money on a boat at the time and um you could get a decent one for like 140 150 and then like during covid those same ones were going for like 200 i was like how have they gone yes. up in wow. price like they're not wow. that great the basic they should have become yeah. cheaper <laughs> but yeah. yeah. they're yeah yeah well,
2: on that note um i hope i'm not skipping too far ahead in our story but <clears throat> That boat that we've been speaking about, we sold a year ago and we moved on to a new boat. And this applies because we sold it on Facebook Marketplace within a week.
1: Yeah. I mean, I listed it and mm -hmm. I immediately got like a dozen inquiries about all we want this boat. It's still available. And then within 10 days, we had uh, this guy new, green, just like we were, you know, he said, mm-hmm. I want that boat. I've been looking for that boat. Um,
2: Please take it off of the listing. Take it off the uh, listing. Where do I send my money? Yeah. <laughs> was, we're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa,
1: pump the brakes, buddy. Like, we need Maybe you to come down and, see, and the see the boat yeah. and, you know, get a feel for her. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? And so he was just fully committed. He just said, yeah, okay, great. Where's the boat? I'm flying down. Here's, you know, just a deposit to make, you know, let you know that I'm serious. And in one yeah. month. He came down and bought the boat from us.
0: Yeah,
1: and we ended up upgrading to a different one.
0: I think I think they—it's the way it is. Like they go quick. If a good one pops on the market, it will disappear like rapid um yeah. so yeah you get a lot of people like buying boats on the scene I get it if it's a small cruiser do you know like if it's an entry thing like 20 grand 30 grand but yeah when you're in like the you know the triple hundred so like you yeah. just yeah. take a look at it first you know but yeah, yeah. I don't know maybe, yeah. maybe they've got experience we're a bit of an
1: them. anomaly though because our first boat we did buy sight unseen and it was just like oof what are we doing? But the same thing, like once we talked to the owners and, you know, got a feel from them. And also, we did have a survey done. The survey was done. And the photos that they showed, uh, you could clearly see, you know, that the boat was well taken care of, you know, the engine room mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, I can't stand when you look on, you know, boat ads or something. And they're taking fixtures of the sink. And I'm like, "Eh, okay, well, those are minor things you mechanical
2: stuff <laughs> and overall photos and yeah you could tell that from the photos how well taken yeah. care of the boat was and how well oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. then when we had it surveyed the the survey guy came back to us and said listen um I have no interest in this boat I've never seen it before or met the owners um but this is one of the cleanest boats I've ever stepped on it's in mm-hmm. immaculate shape and so we actually bought it at sight unseen and we didn't see the boat until we went down there to take <laughs> delivery." It
0: <laughs> yeah, that's off. really good. I mean, it, you know, it depends on the circumstances, it really does. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you look at the adverts for, you know, in the med, you've got some, well, it's like in, in the Caribbean, you've got like moorings, you've got like some yeah. sail, mm-hmm. I think, and there's yeah. a couple mm-hmm. more. Yep. Dream yacht, you can buy traders. a boat. Dream yacht, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy a boat out of their fleet, and you know, you're getting a boat that's been maintained properly because they yeah. need to take care of their they assets. Um, and then you get. S- yeah yeah and then you get smaller charter companies that just treat them like shit like they literally beat them about and you can tell when you look on the adverse it's like you're saying somebody will put a photo of a sink on there who is one like we're doing this thing with the admiralty where you know some if because we're doing boat reviews on these boats that cost like half a million dollars and they're a piece of yeah. shit so we're like listen you can get something that's like 90 grand that's actually better than this and then yeah. we, like, we'll, we'll get a couple of adverts and we'll show people what you can actually get for your 90 grand instead. And like some people will put on photos of like one of the cabins and there's literally like shitty underwear on the beds <laughs> or there is like, I swear that we found one and there was, under- I don't know if they were shitty, but I mean, what, what you don't put clean underwear. <laughs> on your bed you, don't leave it there. you put it, you put yeah. it straight on. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm, like they're the underpants and they put them in a, in a boat photo and there was other ones. It was like there was food in the sink and stuff. Um, wow. Yeah, it's weird.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe we need to like start doing our own show, or, like training people how to stage your boat or like yeah, how to sell so your fun. boat yeah.
0: properly. <laughs> that would actually be a really good idea. You should do that, like boats, yeah. boat staging, or just right. teaching people how to sell. You know, it's funny. In um, I don't, I don't know if it's a European thing, but it's definitely a Spanish thing. So when we were looking at houses to buy in Spain, <clears throat> we were um we were coming across adverts and people were just like putting really weird photos on of the houses. So of the house that we looked at, there was like 30 photos, about six or seven of them were of the fruit trees that were in the gardens. There was a photo of a family photo in the advert, right? <laughs> so a <laughs> photo of the house we showed. I mean it's flowers. included. I don't know. Maybe they think yeah, it'll it across as cheap, like tra- or- <laughs> like human trafficking or something. Probably I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? it was just like it was. A- <laughs> so maybe it's to show you that a nice family has lived here or something. I don't sure. know.
1: Yeah, well, there was strange. loads
0: of photos of oranges i was like why why are you putting photos of oranges in a real estate advert but loads of people do it here maybe it's just to show how many fruits you can have in your garden or something yeah like uh, it's weird the
1: house is shit but look you get juice yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you can have like free orange juice every morning something right. like that yeah uh, so so you got the boat sorted how, how did you go about like planning the type of journey that you wanted to um, make, because you've, you've basically done like um, East Coast, you've gone through and now you're in the Pacific.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it all related to <clears throat> Jimmy Cornell's, uh, you know, Atlas of World Route, Cruising Routes. Yeah, uh, world
0: cruising Oh, the routes. big book.
2: Yeah, big, the big blue, blue Bible. Um, in in a, a little bit of research, you don't have to do much research to to know that I think the easiest way to circumnavigate the globe, which is what we started out wanting to do, I think we still want to do, but that was the dream was, okay, we want to go into this and circumnavigate, see as many places as we possibly can. And it doesn't take a lot of research to to realize that the easiest way to do that, certainly not the only, but the easiest would be from east to west generally around the world in that direction so we we were going to start wherever we found the boat and Mm. you know the first boat we looked at was in the med so we were okay well then that's where we're going to start if we have to and then we would have done the med through the caribbean through the panama canal and then carry on to where we're at now um it just so happened we got it in the caribbean and so it looks like we're going to be heading towards the med on a you know five or ten year
1: plan yeah longer it just keeps getting extended you know year Mm. after year (laughs) yeah we come to these places and you just uh, me more so than more and you know why would you leave
0: yeah Yeah.
1: more so like well we kind of have to go with what the weather tells us to do you you know in certain seasons Mm. and all that and i'm like can we just stay longer so it just puts another (laughs) year on our our agenda
2: exactly like what we're doing in french polynesia now we got here we're like oh yeah Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: three months is not going to do we're going to be here a year Uh, so and then we'll move on to. i think i'd
0: definitely be staying there for like over a year
1: oh i'm i'm really looking
0: forward to like cruising the meds i'm looking forward to crossing the atlantic again and just for the sailing not that bothered about the caribbean but like getting to the Marquesas, French Polynesia, like that is, yeah. that's, that's where I think you need to sail to. If you want to experience like the beauty of the world untouched, right. like, it's I'll probably tell you one what, of the only places you can still go to.
2: Yeah. I tell you what, it has absolutely been, and we have seen some seriously beautiful places over the last four years. There's no doubt and the people generally have been quite amazing everywhere. We've been surprised. Um, but no more so than the than the South Pacific oh. the Polynesian people it
1: was almost immediate once yeah, once just, we arrived on land the we've heard how warm and and giving and these people can be towards it's you it's another level here and it was just instantaneous once we got here we just felt welcomed and, and then, they they are curious about us as much as we're curious about them
2: yeah and and then on top of that the weather um is fantastic you have the consist the trade wind consistencies that you would in the um, Caribbean um the uh the air temperature has been absolutely the most comfortable that we've experienced on the boat so far Mm -hmm. nice warm days and and the nights actually cool off a little bit Um, and then of course it goes without you know saying that the beauty of the islands is just Mm -hmm. just stunning and the Mm -hmm. clear water clear warm water and so
1: And the ocean life i think is another major um pull towards why we want to stay longer because you get in the water and you're, you're like diving on these corals and you're swimming with all these sea animals and you're like wow we're so lucky to be witnessing this now and knowing like things are changing and it might not be the same in 10 years time, you know, it won't be the same in 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if like for anybody now who's like our age, I presume you guys are in like your thirties. Yeah. about something like that. Uh, yeah. Like our kids might not get the opportunity maybe to actually cruise, like the way. Yeah. Governments totally. are behaving and lockdowns and strange Absolutely. stuff goes on. Like they might not even be Absolutely. able to do that. There might be some restrictions right. put in place. But not only that, but specifically when it comes to like the oceans and coral reefs and stuff, like they might not be around in yeah. 10 years. Or if there is, they're going to look incredibly different. Like hard coral yeah. will be the first thing to go um, yeah. than soft coral and enemies, all that type of stuff. So, yep. yeah, a bit yeah. concerning. Um, but yeah, like if, if you're going to be anywhere and still see it, that's probably one of the, um, one of the last places it's going to be affected.
1: Right. It's just idyllic. You know, you think about, uh, ruining yourself on a sailboat and just going from island to island, you know, enjoying, you know, the, the nature and the beauty around it and completely disconnected. This is it.
0: Mm. Yeah. We'll love it. Yeah. But uh, but you you know you've got the opportunity to like go into the towns there as well and you know pick up some stuff so you you've got like the best yeah. of a couple of different worlds really. Right. So know. in ter- yeah. so in terms of like the cruising and stuff did you do you guys work in jobs still like remotely um or did you save up a kitty for cruising like how do you manage the budgets inside of it? Yeah,
1: I guess um, right now our our job is making our YouTube videos, and so we post them every week. And uh, in the last year, year and a half, I think we've started to see some monetization and money coming in through YouTube.
2: Because it did not start like that in the beginning; we weren't making any money. No, for the it's, first it was years. it's been
1: a marathon, no doubt, as far as getting to this level um, and earning money over it, and also with some support from from Patreons, which is really like the the essence of like why we're doing these videos now because mm-hmm. we're producing some content that people really enjoy watching yeah um and so we we completely quit our jobs prior to moving onto the boat and mm. the majority of our income before youtube really is kind of um and patreon was we rented our home so we with yeah. warren in the background and construction and everything that was kind of what led us to doing this longer, long term, is that we were able to rent the home and get an income out of that.
2: When we, when, when cool. the dream started on the beach in Mexico with the margaritas, we, we immediately started taking, changing. Uh, you know, we really didn't take many vacations after that. Uh, we got ourselves out of what little debt we had, and within six months, I think we'd paid off everything—any car or credit card—and um, the only debt we had was the mortgage of the home. And I actually was at the very tail end of um, doing a huge addition on the, on the house. So we were able to finish that up within two years and refinance the house, pull some money out of, we did what they call a cash out refi in the US and yep. you, cause we had a bunch of equity in the house. So we did this cash out refi and we had a couple hundred thousand that we pulled out and I sold my business or all the equipment there. And we came up with the 310 that we needed to buy the boat and then we were able to rent the house, which was a four bedroom and a nice neighborhood. So we were getting, um, well, we were getting 4,000 a month for it, but okay. that meant that we had 2,000 because my mortgage was 2,000. So yep. we had 2,000 to live on. That was our monthly budget, mm-hmm. which worked pretty well in the Caribbean for the first year. Our boat was smaller. Our appetite was smaller. Um, some
1: months we're up and down absolutely you know just we we're out of it for sure we don't want to completely limit ourselves from experiencing what every place has to offer yeah you know so um, we would rent
2: a car in some places yeah. and splurge but generally it's pretty you know we live pretty simply mm-hmm. if you want and um what was I going well, to say and then oh, the boat didn't need much you know because no, as we said it was before, it really good shape so we we met that um budget for the first couple of years until we started making more on youtube and and now we rent cars more often i guess uh live a little bit freer but yeah. yeah
0: yeah i think it's important like when when we've been putting our budget together for cruising we're we're aiming for like four four thousand dollars you know free, free and a half, actually it's about the same now so yeah like four thousand dollars a month and like we fully intend to go into a marina A couple of nights a week, and rent a car, so we can like drive to the mountains or drive somewhere and check out, or go to the museums, like in relative comfort. Because like for us, the the traveling side of it is just as important as living on the water. Like we want to actually see the planet, Um, you know. So we do want to experience stuff. And yeah, you just got to factor it in, you know, when you're making your planning. Uh, if you want to do it on a budget, you can do it. I know people who do it on like five hundred dollars a month. Like unless something oh, breaks on the boat, they do spend five hundred. Oh yeah, like quite easily. Like they yeah. fish and they just get vegetables and rice. Right, that's pretty much it. Right. Um, yeah, and they they have a great life. So you know yeah. you yeah. Can, you can do it on very little.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And I love the, out here, especially in French Polynesia, um because of all the island chains you have the ability to say, go to the two motos and completely disconnect and do just that, go out and fish and just have your vegetables that you stocked up on and sit out there for a month and enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. then, then you come to Tahiti or whatever, and you got a little bit of the city life and you can,
2: you can splurge, you can splurge, go in the splurge, marina. stock up yeah. and go in the
1: marina. So it's nice to have to that ability, but yeah. We, you, uh,
2: we have what they call, um. have you heard of gold star days when we're speaking <laughs> of a budget? Uh, this is another term (laughs) gold star day means it's a day that you spend if you're on a budget which we still are to this day um, if we have a gold star day it means that we spent no money zero money Um, and in the when you're island hopping in the caribbean it's a little tougher to do or even here where there's towns and restaurants and bars and stuff but um, in the tuomotos we'd have like 15 gold star days in a row you know and then we would get to a town that actually had a little bit of a market and we'd go and spend some money on right. food but generally yeah, yeah that's the gold star day yeah. so that's what we shoot yeah at
0: least a few gold that's star days great mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like aim for as those as much as possible like if you if yeah. you can just jump off the back of your boat and catch your dinner and just like cook yes. a potato hey oh my okay. god i do it you, you know golden. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a great we way do. to we live do a
2: lot of fish and a lot of spearfish and every time we'll drop the lines in the water every time we move the boat generally uh, yeah. and we really like being uh, it frugal is one way to look at it. We're definitely for cheap even uh, but also just living off of the land and you know we, we actually collect all our own rainwater. we have solar all over the boat so we produce all our own power. We have a generator that we don't generally need to use because we make so much solar um so yeah very self-sufficient that's the way that's one of the perks and actually one of the um main things i wanted to, why i wanted to do this is because we can live so yep. cleanly and so cheaply and when i say cheaply i mean um not you know independent from not you know, wasteful really,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. make sure our battery doesn't die on the computer but yeah i mean oh yeah it helps obviously like you know having our gold star days especially out here because then when we go and you know buy our alcohol and our our booze it's so expensive so we're like okay
2: it's super yeah. expensive yeah. here for alcohol
0: Ooh. My, I, I, so I was in the Caribbean in like January and it'd been a while since I've been to the Caribbean cause I can't really travel anywhere with my family cause my wife's from Syria. And like, that's just like, they just don't, most countries just will let Syrians in. So we haven't been on that many holidays. Were, I think when, when we first got together, I w- I used to go away all the time and I was like, Oh, right, we'll go away somewhere. And she was like, Oh, maybe, maybe not like maybe. it's different. And I had to look wow. on like Wikipedia And like the only two countries she could go to without a visa was like Malaysia and Micronesia. Wow. Do you even believe that's a country? It's called Micronesia. (laughs) I've never heard of it. Oh, my God.
1: God.
0: I think it's in Africa somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe it's Asia. I don't know. Malaysia is actually a great place. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Oh, is it? Right. Okay. I believe so. I'm almost positive. We weren't going to go. Near Malaysia.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. we weren't going to go. Um, but uh, yeah, that like, was just uh, such a <laughs> massive challenge. Um, but uh, yeah, so because of that, we haven't traveled that much. But I, I was in the Caribbean like in January, and the difference in the Caribbean from now, even just to like 10 years ago, is crazy. Like you yeah. could go there and have like even Mexico. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I remember I was going to Mexico when I was in my 20s, and you could have like a really good, cheap holiday. It's like triple For the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah any, like, I mean, you could you could do any type of budget there it's just crazy yeah. now like the hotels yeah. are like three times what they were
1: oh, oh yeah easily you're easily.
2: going to the wrong spots in mexico then because you're right it is <laughs> well i've been to some good spots but, yeah, yeah okay There, the little spots are still pretty uh pretty affordable but yeah. you're right it's it, everywhere mexico the Caribbean, certainly, and French Polynesia, my gosh, it's pretty expensive
1: it's pricey. for certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The thing is, though, it's like I understand French Polynesia because it's pretty much one of the most remote places in the world. Like I get, you yeah. know, supply chain is probably an supply. issue. But when it's like the Bahamas, I'm like, hang on, you could throw a baguette from Florida over here. Why on earth are you trying? Yeah, like I don't get that. I
1: couldn't believe it when we were in the Bahamas. It was $6 a cucumber. I'm like, you're a stone throw away from, you know, the US getting imports and stuff like that. I was like, $6 a cucumber.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Well, there was, I remember we were in, I was in um, Martinique and I, I was in a, grocery store and i was looking around i was looking at the prices i'm like why how are they how on earth are they coming up with prices like this like this is a small european island in the caribbean and they were importing stuff from like australia and like (laughs) china i'm like why don't you just get stuff from florida or mexico get vegetables from mexico yeah they will cost nothing like why are you bringing vegetables from australia (laughs) like what on earth is this about (laughs) i know
1: we were spoiled yeah. living it's in very, Mexico very for the last two years. No doubt about that, you
0: know? Yeah. No. yeah. I, actually, I'm not I'm not really looking forward to cruising the Caribbean that much, but I'm looking forward to spending time in Mexico. Like, I love that mm. country. I love the food oh, the culture. So the people are so nice. Yes. Like, it's uh, Yeah, it's it's an awesome place. It makes such a massive difference. Like you were saying before as well about the experience you've got in French Polynesia. And I think this is why so many people like cruising Greece, like, the Greeks are just so nice to the tourists, to foreigners that come in. Like, they're so friendly and warm. The people that work in the restaurants are that. just, like, so polite. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing. They're so, so nice. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it depends where you go in Europe. But, like, Italy, Spain, France, you can go to these countries and have a great time. But you'll come across pockets of, like, pocketed areas where tourism is, like, quite popular but they don't like tourists (laughs) that is quite normal in europe yeah yeah Yeah. like you'll come to areas that completely depend on tourists but the people will just treat them like shit. it's really really strange but yeah in greece uh, like they're Mm -hmm. they're so so lovely um so yeah i think if you do i don't know which way you'd get back to the Med. probably through the suez rather than like going around um
1: i mean that's a thought in our head it really just depends Uh, on how things are We'll yeah, see yeah like the horn is i think we're leaning more towards the horn but it seems just like if we can do the Suez, because not very many people have been doing it since the you know politically there's just it's not a safe place it seems to
2: be getting safer no. so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it safe. just depends by the time we get there you know who knows if by the time we get there is 10 years from now and things have changed we might as well give it a shot or go all the way around otherwise <laughs> You know? We're game
2: for either. We'll see which one's safer. It makes more sense for yeah. us at the time.
1: I just feel like yeah, there's no yeah. bad option, really. <laughs> yeah.
2: We're going to have a ball no matter what.
0: Yeah. I think I'd like to do the Cape and go around. I mean, I really want to go to South Africa because it, it just, just looks like too. a stunning country. I know it's not like yeah. a safe place at all, but it's like everywhere you take different precautions in different places, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, com- States, like really looking forward so. to doing that. Yeah, 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 same. I mean, I was brought up in a town where most people wouldn't go anywhere near Germany, you know I so like, oh, it's the yeah, same yeah. everywhere. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, like the the uh, I mean, now your only other option is like cruising Yemen and Saudi Arabia. Like that does not sound attractive at all. No. <laughs> so yeah, so, no. So, no. I think yeah, I'll yeah, pass <laughs> so, yeah the other way sounds a bit better. So w- what are you thinking then in terms of this trip? Like, do you want to like cruise Asia extensively, or are you thinking more of like going a bit quicker through that part and spending more time in the Pacific? What, what are your general guess, flavors like?
1: I guess it just depends once we get there, what feelings we get out of the whole situation, because that's pretty much been our trend, no matter where we've gone so far. Like we have this idea of going west. navigating and going West. <laughs> um, and now we just don't really have set. We haven't set ourselves a time limit. I do see no. us down the road, like Warren was saying, like, maybe building a house or something like that somewhere and having um, a sailboat to go weekends or something. Yeah, But it's really all depends on kind of like once we're there, what what we like about it, what we, if we're like, oh, we're not super keen here, we'll move on, which really hasn't been the case anywhere we've gone.
2: I think we've mm-hmm. learned <clears throat> over the last couple of years, just certainly myself, it's been <laughs> hard, but I've learned to just slow down a little bit and, it is impossible to plan too far out. I mean, just recently, I think we mentioned at the beginning that we've got my long stay visa so we can be here for a year. That's a huge, we we're never, we're usually two or three months out. We just generally know that we're gonna avoid hurricane areas um, by shifting the boat to a certain area. Other than that, we don't really know, like we're generally heading West over the next five to 10 years. Um, if I had to guess right now I think we'll be here for the next year this area the French Polynesia yeah. then we'll yeah. hit some of the other islands like um, Fiji and New Caledonia and the Cook Islands on our way to New Zealand this time next year or the summer down here which is your winner
1: I still yeah. think it's too fast but you know like who knows <laughs> yeah, we'll see
2: we'll see but we'll generally hit can't miss New Zealand, I think, yeah. in my head, in my heart, um, or Southern Australia, which this whole route kind of makes sense. New Zealand, Southern Australia, work our way up um, the Great Barrier Reef and the uh, eastern side of Australia. From there, it gets a little bit grayer, what our plan would be. There's a lot of stuff I really don't want to miss, like the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot, a lot to do. The sailing, the winds, the trade winds um, decrease, so the sailing becomes more challenging. And there's also northern and western Australia, which is something we don't want to miss. From there, I also am looking very forward to... um, Uh, Madagascar and Zimbabwe Zimbabwe. I just can't miss these places Mm -hmm. so then that's taking us down around the horn which I'm also actually quite excited about I would love to round the horn Um,
1: it's funny because like we always kind of have that like oh I can't wait for this I can't wait for that next spot and yet I'm like what are you doing look around where we are right now so it's, it's one of those things like we have to just continually remind ourselves like let's just be here for now um but we always have to be somewhat two steps ahead of ourselves and you know because the weather is a big determiner for that
2: we are in an area that's prone to what in the southern hemisphere they call them cyclones but it's all just hurricanes it's all basically the same thing except which way they spin and we are in an area that is technically in the her cyclone path um but it's not the main highway for them. So we would have time to run and we would have space to get south, which is what we would do from here. Um, They hit here about as often as they hit Grenada and the Caribbean about once every 10 to 20 years. Uh, So, you know, and today with today's forecasting, um, we're perfectly safe here. We have plenty of places to, they don't really really shelter too much here because the islands are quite low lying um, generally. Uh they they more often move the boats. Um there are places where you can kind of mangrove safety, but generally we would just leave and head south. There's yeah. other islands. There's the, the an island chain called the Australs and another called Gambier um, that we could get to that are, are out of the cyclone.
1: Path. So we j- I mean we have our plans yeah. for yeah. cyclone hurricane yeah. season if something were to come about, but the overall plan is um just really enjoy where we are and just keep moving west at some Lovely. point we'll get make yeah. it all around
0: yeah <laughs> yeah just do it at snail pace and then you get to see yeah. more and yes. yeah, you get to experience more yeah, yeah. It's too, and it's, it's difficult to plan especially if you know it's pretty obvious that like part of your passion is travel and seeing new things and it's like you know, if your idea is to travel the world and just absorb everything, there's no way you can say before you've arrived somewhere, right, I'm going to spend a month and then I'm going to move on. Like, it doesn't work mm-hmm, like right? that. Um, no. Anywhere you go, if you've got the option to stay and it's beautiful, you're just not going to leave. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't make yeah. sense to do. So, yeah, I think I think you've got the right approach. Um, well, listen, guys, thanks very much for your time. That's a great yeah. story. Um, yes. Yeah, it's good to hear about your, your catamaran buying experiences and the stuff that you've been through. And uh, yeah, it just sounds mm-hmm. like it's going great. Yeah, yeah we're absolutely.
1: Having a blast, and to excited for yours too. Your next yeah, step and adventure.